Good morning, everyone. So great to be together. We've got a wonderful day planned ahead. Poignant, significant, sad, all of those things. We will be farewelling Scott and Carolyn Petty today, which is the reason for that description of today. But we're going to focus our thoughts first on our great God. And we've got a wonderful hymn to sing. Those who are rugby fans from the Welsh area know it very well. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah, guide me, pilgrim through this barren land. I am weak, but you are mighty. Hold me with your powerful hand. Let's stand and let's sing to our great God. Well, let me extend a very warm welcome to those who are here in the building and if you're watching online, I know we have numbers of people who can't be here on a Sunday morning. It is great that you can join us online today and we're very pleased for that. Today is a significant day. We're in the middle of a series with all your heart, uh, which has been great to do, uh, looking at loving God with all our heart, mind, strength and soul as well as our lo loving our neighbour as ourselves. Uh, we're going to come to that part in the next few weeks. But it's a significant day, as I said, because we're farewelling Scott and Carolyn Petty. 
Um, he finishes up today and takes long service leave before he commences at St Mark's Northbridge on the 1st of May. So we are going to have a time to both farewell him in the service but also importantly after the service uh, in the function room and so I do invite you to come and be a part of that. But as we come together, we're meeting as God's people under his great, sovereign and gracious hand. And so let us pray this prayer of preparation, acknowledging that it's God whom we're meeting with this day at church. Together, almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let's now pray this prayer of thanksgiving together. Gracious God, we humbly thank you for all your gifts so freely given to us, for life and health and safety, for power to work, leisure to rest, and for all that is beautiful in creation and human life. But above all, we praise you for our Saviour, Jesus Christ, for his death and resurrection, for the gift of your spirit, and for the hope of sharing in your glory. Fill out us with all joy and peace in believing, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to invite you to stand, and we're now going to affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. So let me ask you this very simple question. What is it that we believe? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. From there, he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. We're now going to have church news, and it's worth saying I have a wonderful staff team. They're also slightly cheeky on occasions. And if you're new here today, and this is your first Sunday, a very warm welcome to you. Ask someone else later on what's going on. G'day church. For those who haven't met me, my name is Scott. For those who have, my name is still Scott. That was a joke, by the way. Thank you to the two people that laughed. Just a few quick things from me today. The first one involves a little audience participation. I want you to reach in and, and grab one of these nifty little cards from the seat in front of you. Go on, it's not an optional activity. I want you to hold it up in the air. I want you to shake it like a Polaroid picture. These are our connection cards. 
and if you scan the QR code, it'll take you to a short online form, uh, which will let you let us know that you are here. And uh, it's particularly helpful for those who are new or visiting amongst us today. Good to have you here. But we'd love to hear how you found today's service and if there's anything we can do uh, to help. So fill that out and uh, we'll be in contact with you this week. No. Oh. Sorry. Some punters just decided to get up in the middle of church news. That's fine. Yep. We'll wait. Right, where were we? Also coming up this week, we have our next onboard course. Uh, that is a short, sharp, one night only chance for people who are new, uh, who are wanting to find out more about some mats to get together, hear a bit about our story, our vision, uh, where it is we're heading. And so if that's you, if you've been around here for a little while, uh, if you want to take the next step in being a part of this church, that would be a great little course to get along to. Tomorrow night, the 6th of March, um, up in the Darley Smith building on level one, we'll kick off at 7.45 and we'll look to wind that up uh, right about nine o'clock on the dot. It'd be great to have you there. And lastly, for those of you banshees who happen to miss church from time to time and want to catch up the sermon, there's a couple of ways for you to do that. The first way is to head to our YouTube channel and uh, there's a playlist on the front page that says catch-ups that'll allow you to find uh, the service that you missed and watch the sermon. Alternatively, if you prefer to listen, uh, we've got the audio that we upload each week to our podcast channel. Uh, whatever platform you might use, you can type in St. Matt's Manly and find us fairly easily that way as well. If you've got no idea what I'm talking about uh, with podcasting, of course, you might need to find one of the young punks around the place and get them to explain it to you. Well, friends, that's all from me. Amen and amen. Oh, man, this better be good. I can't believe I shade for this. <laughs> I do have a wonderful but cheeky staff team. If you're new from overseas, it is worth saying in Australia, the more loved you are, the more we take the mickey out of you. It's part of the endearing part of Australian culture. And we've had a great week this week, uh, farewelling Scott, and we had a staff lunch. And all of us, I was told this, I was, well, I was just commanded this, we all had to wear these masks. such as the love for Scott. And uh, I've got a few of the staff farewells coming. But uh, Scott has been with us uh, around nine years and it's been an incredible journey. And uh, here's some of the faces of Scott and I thought, uh, we are gonna miss him greatly. He's been an incredible servant here in the parish along with his wife, Carolyn, who's not often here at eight, but she's made it here this morning and I'm really glad you made it, Carolyn. And uh, here's a couple of the faces of Scott from his time with us. <laughs> and who would have thought, Scott, that when you came to be uh, my 2IC, you'd be riding a camel down the Corso. Uh, people have very generously given to Scott, uh, and we invited people to give towards a present for Scott. And I do want to say 
what we're actually giving them because I think it's nice for you to know what your money is actually doing. And one thing I've tried to do with staff who are leaving is give them a number of things. One is something they can take with them that will help them remember being in Manly. It's a very unique part of the world. I saw just yesterday uh, it's ranked globally in the top 10 beaches uh, in the world by some travel organisation. And so we've organised for them to get a voucher from Sprout Daily. He's a local photographer who photographs the water, the surf, etc. And so they can pick out what they want. I didn't want to pick it for them. Uh, some beautiful photography for the house when they leave and they can hold on to. Uh, we're also sending them away, Scott and Carolyn, for a romantic weekend, or most likely as a minister midweek. Uh, weekends are not that easy to get. And um, so we're going to send them away um, up to... Uh, Bell's up at Kilcare, beautiful spot to go for a couple. And the remaining dollars um, we're putting into a deposit, which will go into their bank account. Now, I know our accountant got rung yesterday. Is it too late to give? The answer is no. Uh, if you've forgotten and you would like to make a contribution towards that, uh, it's going towards Scott Carrollton and the boys. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated. And we'll finish up that during the week and get the extra money to them. But that's what's happening in terms of uh, the present, and uh, I've already spoken to Scott about it, and uh, I think he was happy with it. <laughs> what I did want to do, though, was just show you a couple of the uh, staff tributes, and there is a bit of humour about it, but also some poignant moments, and here's what the staff had to say about Scott and Carolyn. Let's have a listen. So when I started to think about what I was going to really miss when you leave, uh, first thing that came to mind was a great sense of humour. Uh, then I thought, I'm really going to miss your teaching on Sundays. Um, plus, I'm also going to miss you developing that fantastic material we get to use in the growth groups. Um, I really love how you lead those meetings. But then, as I have been in the office, I figure, there's only three people that sing in our office, and you're one of them, and Christina and Dave, you know, hum a few tunes, but no one belts out the lyrics to Highway to Hell quite like you when we walk into the kitchen. So it's, um, it's going to be a little quieter without you, Scott. Scott, I'll miss having you around as my supervisor. You've been great at uh, looking after me well and encouraging me and poking me in the right direction without micromanaging me, of course. Uh, it's been great to have you around uh, and learn off you there. Uh, it's no secret how great a resource you are as a supervisor. Uh, also just miss having you around with your uh, thoughtful approach to things uh, and your measured and organised way. Uh, I think I'll always call youth young punks and that is because of you. So thanks for that uh, and we'll miss you. Well, there's lots of things I'm going to miss about not having you around, Scott. But one thing I'm looking forward to about you leaving is that no one will mistake me for you anymore. That happens, doesn't it? I think it's because we've got a similar kind of nose. When I was first new on the staff team at St Matt's, my daughters used to come and volunteer in the office and one day you asked them, hi girls, what are you doing? And they said, oh, we're laminating. And you said to them, why don't you laminate your face? Well, that is a classic one-liner that we still use in our house today. We love it. Um, so thanks for that wonderful memory. But on a, on a more serious note, Scott, before I ever started working at St Matt's, 
you baptised me in the harbour at Manly and that is just super special and my favourite memory about you. So that will stick with me for many years to come, the rest of my life, life changing. So thank you very much, Scott. Hi, Scotty. Uh, congratulations for the new role. Uh, but I'm really sad you're leaving. I think I'm going to miss you during the uh, staff meeting and uh, uh, when we have uh, birthday parties, how you ask questions and how you're strict with timing and stuff. But another thing I think I will miss is the way you always care about people. You just want to know what's happening and you try to get in someone's shoes to understand what they're going through. I really appreciate this about you. Uh, I'm going to miss you, but this is something I want to tell you, okay? Uh, don't call me when you have a worship night or something or any event for me to come to play or sing at your church, all right? God bless you. <laughs> you remember people's names. Um, you remember details about their lives. I know, just in my kids' case, when you speak to them, I swear they grow an inch taller. They, they just feel so loved in your presence. You remember things about them, and um, it's not just for my kids. You do it for so many others. You're so thoughtful. I don't know how many church members there are here at St. Matt's, but I know that every single one of them is going to miss you and your family heaps. But we all know that it's just goodbye for now. So, Scott, bye for now. Can I get you to welcome up Scott and Carolyn? Now, as they come up, we have got morning tea planned. You're going to come up, Carolyn? Come on. And I'm going to allow you guys to say a word of thanks out at morning tea afterwards. Uh, but I did want to say a few words, and then I'll let you have the last word, Scott. Uh, I've written a few things down which I want to go through and I was thinking about what Bible verse um, to read in regard to Scott and there's a whole range of ones I could read but the one that just kept coming to mind was from Philippians chapter 2 verse 19 through to 23 and I want to read, I read it with the staff meeting, I struggled trying to get through it because uh, it's a very sad day for me losing Scott though I'm very happy for him and it's a great thing that he's going off to St Mark's. But Philippians says this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because... As a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. Uh, it's worth saying I'm not Scott's spiritual father, but I have had the privilege of being his boss. And it's been a great privilege. And in all my time working with the pastoral staff here at St Matt's, I've had no one else like Scott. And just as 
Paul says about Timothy, people look out typically for their own interests. I think what marks Scott's ministry, and if I can say to your ministry, is the way he's always thinking about the gospel and about caring for people. And that is one of the most important and profound characteristics of a servant leader. And that's why we're going to miss him. Even though his humour is wonderful, and I haven't met someone with as quick a wit as Scott, <laughs> we do have fun at staff meetings. It's what's underneath that person that you first meet, the heart for the Lord Jesus and the heart for his people. And so I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Scott. And I do want to say a few words for Carolyn. Um, she doesn't like being up front, and what you saw just now is typical of Carolyn, and that's okay. Uh, we're all wired differently, but anyone who's known Carolyn will know that she's been behind the scenes working so faithfully and beautifully with so many of the women across particularly the 10 and 5 congregations, and you're both going to be very missed. And Northbridge, uh, let me just say, they are very lucky in Jesus' name, I don't believe in luck in that sense, but they're very blessed to have you come, both of you, and I'm sure you're going to do an incredible job. Can I get you to thank Scott and Carolyn? I'll let you have the last word. Now, he gets the last word anyway because he's preaching today, but anyway, over to you guys. Uh, yeah, I actually um, have planned to say most of what I want to say in the sermon, so I won't double up too much other than to say, particularly for... Um, uh, the 8 o'clock congregation, I have always, always felt uh, embraced and welcomed by you. And you've been extremely generous to me just at a personal level and been gracious to receive me personally, but also um, ministry from me, so thank you. And I have learned, I'm sure, more from you than you've learned from me. So just to, um, just to witness over the last nine years your long obedience in the same direction has been so instructive for me. So uh, I, I leave with very, very fond memories, not just of St Matthews in general, but of this congregation in particular. Um, so thank you so much, and yet more to say in a few moments' time. Do you want to say anything, Carolyn? No, that's okay. Anyway, Scott gets the last word when he preaches, so I'm now going to pray for them, and then Trish is going to come up and continue to lead us in prayer. Father, we do thank you for what's been a wonderful journey over the nine years of Scott, Carolyn, James, Oliver and Austin being with us, the young punk from Christchurch, youth minister, who goes out now as the next senior minister for St Mark's Northbridge. And we thank you for the journey that we've been on together and I thank you for the way you've been at work in all of their lives to grow them in the gospel. I thank you particularly for Scott and Carolyn and we just pray, Lord, as they take a very well-deserved and well-earned rest with long service leave, that you grant them great times together, that you grant them rest for their bodies physically, but also their souls, that you prepare them for this new work. But Lord, we do pray that your blessing is on them as they go. And we thank you for the way they have blessed us. And so look after them protect them, guide them, and when they start at Northbridge, use them for your glory. 
in Jesus' name. Amen. Trisha is going to continue to lead us in prayer. I'm just going to continue with a prayer for Scott and for Caroline from our hearts. We give thanks for the wonderful ministry of Scott over the past year, nine years. Lord, we thank you for his and Caroline's servant hearts and for their, for their love for our community. We thank you for Scott's faithful service to Bruce and for his dedication to growing in Christ, which has had such a flow-on effect to our community. Lord, we pray for Scott and his, that, and his family that they will have a great time away together when they travel later this month. Please walk closely with them during the changes ahead. And Father, we ask that you will be softening the hearts of the people of Northbridge and that under Scott and Caroline's ministry, your Holy Spirit will draw many into the faith at St Mark's. Loving Heavenly Father, we pray for the world. We bring before you all who have suffered for the train collision in Greece, for the families and friends of those who have lost their lives. We ask for your comfort and we ask that you support all those suffering trauma as a result of witnessing this horrific crash. Lord, please raise up Christians in the region to shine your light as they comfort those around them and those in need. And closer to home, Lord, we pray for our mission partners, Neville and Kathy Naden. We pray for their role in Bush Aid as it continues to grow its Indigenous ministry program. We pray for safety as they travel and talk this month at events supporting regional churches and leading training sessions across New South Wales, South Australia and Northern Territory. We ask for stamina and for good health while they're doing this. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our comforter, our sustainer, our Lord and our Saviour. May we dwell in you deeply this week to bring honour and glory to you. And now if you'll join me in the Lord's Prayer. <clears throat> our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Would you stand for that next hymn, please?
the Bible reading today is from 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 7 to 11. This is on page 1223 in the Church Bibles. While you're getting your Bibles out, I'll just say one word about Scott. Authentic. The day of all things is near. Therefore be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power for ever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning, 8 o'clock. <laughs> good to see you again. <laughs> Hi to you guys watching on as, online as well. You keep your Bibles open to uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. That's always a help. I'm going to pray as we do, and then uh, we'll get right underway. Heavenly Father, thank you for these words. We want to be people who love you with all our strength. Um, so we pray this morning might be useful to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, here's the question. Do you surf? It's a question that I got asked over and over when I first started here at St Matthews Manly. I don't know if it was like an unwritten job requirement that you had to be a surfer as well as a minister, or maybe it wasn't obvious that I wasn't a surfer, but people would ask me over and over again, do you surf? Are you a surfer? Only a surfer knows the feeling, says Billabong, but uh, I'm not one, so I don't. And, and if you're not a surfer, you feel a bit ashamed, like some sort of moral failing even though I love the ocean and, and get into it as often as I can. And so I found myself saying things like, uh, I'm not a surfer, but, um, but the boys go surfing, or I haven't really had the chance, or I haven't, haven't got a board that fits me, <laughs> or I just don't have the time really. How could I actually say, I'm just not that interested? Uh, I get why people like it, but I would rather learn guitar or French or graphic design than surfing. I'm so sorry if I'm moral failing. Do you surf? Actually, I think do you serve, S-E-R-V-E, is a much more on-point question to ask, not just of me, but of all of us as Christian believers. Do you serve? Because as we consider Jesus' greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your strength, that seems to be what he's asking us. Of course, we love him with our hearts, these little engines of our existence uh, as they become aligned or indexed or calibrated to him so that our desires match his desires for us so that we're just enthralled and captivated by him so that he becomes our all in all. And we love him with our soul, that inner or hidden being, so that we just want to quiet our noisy lives. We want to slow down our hurried existences to just listen to his word and then to speak to him in song and in prayer. And we love him with our minds, not because the Christian faith is a super intellectual endeavor, but because God is more than a feeling. You know, he's a person. 
and we use our minds to know him, particularly by consuming his word and his great story. And then finally today, we love him with all our strength, which I, I think he means with our bodies, if we're going to separate out the overlapping faculties of our heart, soul, mind and strength. So do you serve God, loving him with your bodily strength? And how might we do that sustainably over a lifetime? They're the questions we're considering today, right in the middle of this All Your Heart series that we're covering this term. And so when we turn to the New Testament letter of 1 Peter that John just read out to us, the Apostle Paul reminds us in chapter 4, verse 7, have a look with me, the end of all things is near. He's saying Jesus will return to wrap up history as we know it. I, I know it feels like it's so long coming that it will never actually happen, but that's only because our tiny brains can't imagine a concept like eternity. And we always think that our short years is the bit that really counts when it's really a blip or a breath in the broad sweep of God's timing. But all we can say for sure is that the end of all things, right, the end of history, our careers, marriages, bucket lists, time itself culminating in Jesus' return, the end of all things is near. It's nearer today than, than it ever has been. And in light of all that, the, the Apostle Peter issues the Christians he was writing to, who were scattered across the known world, a series of instructions to be clear-minded and self-controlled and to love one another, to offer hospitality without grumbling. But if we're to zero in on verses 10 and 11, he says these important words we're going to read together. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised. And I think if you look at those verses, you can see clearly we are to serve with the strength that God provides. And you'll see it's not just an instruction to ministers or keen Christians, it's an instruction there to each of you, isn't it? To every Christian believer, in other words. It doesn't mean that as soon as you become a Christian, you're going to start leading a growth group, but it, it does see service as a very inclusive expectation of us. Can you see that? Each of you, whatever gift. It's an expression of faithful stewardship of what God has given you. That is, whatever gift you have received, it's not meant for you alone. It's meant to serve others so that in all things God may be praised. So, brothers and sisters, use your gifts to serve one another to the praise and glory of God. Now, I, I actually think it's worth pointing out that Peter is not just concerned with us serving here in our Sunday services, although even that description, have you thought about this? The description of our gatherings as services, I think is an indication of what we think is meant to be going on here. But he imagined serving God with your strength, with whatever gift you have received. It can happen right throughout the week. For example, verse 9 he encourages us to offer hospitality. That's a theme to which we're going to return in a few weeks' time. Most often that's going to happen outside Sunday services. It's worth pointing out the Apostle Peter um, primarily has serving within our kind of church, our faith community in mind. But the New Testament has a very broad vision of service, doesn't it? You might recall Colossians 3 verse 17, which is a favorite verse of mine where um, the Apostle Paul says this, whatever you do, 
It's great, isn't it? Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So you might be serving, you know, on your school board or the PNC committee or the Rotary Club or in your work or in your study. For those of you doing, you know, um, second half of life study, and it could be paid or it could be unpaid. It could be in the home, it could be in the office or the job site, in the hospital, in the classroom, wherever it is. Your deeds can be done in the name of Jesus, powered by Jesus, directed towards the glory of Jesus as you do them in the service of others. It's wonderful, isn't it? Of course it doesn't happen automatically requires a radical mind shift but serving with the gifts that you have received from him can happen outside sundays and outside the church community so whatever you do friends do it all in the name of jesus giving thanks to god the father however it certainly does include serving on sundays and within the church community and i think that is what the apostle peter is focusing on here in chapter four and because it's my last day after nearly nine years, I really want to take the opportunity to thank the, the people of St. Matthew's Manly who do serve. Uh, even in our congregation here, there are, there are kids' church leaders. I want to thank our kids' church leaders, scripture teachers and helpers who take to heart Jesus' words, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Great. I want to thank our musicians who consistently serve us Sunday by Sunday, but who also practice during the week. Thank you. I want to thank the sound and data people who make stuff work so well that you barely notice them. I want to thank all of you who serve at Soup Kitchen and Open Door and English as a Second Language classes and our community chaplains because you love people and you want them to know Jesus. Thank you. I want to thank um, the parish council and wardens and those of you who have served as parish councillors and wardens in the past who sit in meetings uh, and bring your wisdom and expertise to bear upon the affairs of our church. We all benefit from your service. Thank you. I want to thank you who, who welcome and cook and bake and clean. And, and I want to give an extra special vote of thanks to those of you who have been growth group leaders. I, I think you are the ligaments and the tendons of our church who hold things, the muscle and the bones together and what our growth group leaders did for us, what you did for us during the pandemic was as masterful as it was unheralded. It was, it was magnificent. You really carried our community and I will be forever grateful. And that is not an exaggeration. And while we're all here having a nice chat, I, I also want to thank the staff team for their service of us all, um, both the present team and the earlier lineups. It was my very first Sunday uh, when I was being interviewed, uh, July 9, 2014, and I, I, I said I like being on winning teams. It was one of the things I was looking forward to, and I have liked being on winning teams. It's always been a pleasure to serve alongside such a good-natured and good-humoured and hard-working group. I've enjoyed their camaraderie immensely. I've learnt so much from each of them. Um, I commend their work among us all because they are very good at what they do. And uh, Bruce, when I came here, I did have a dozen years experience, but I was a, a young um, punk, really. And I really learned adult ministry here at St. Matthews. And I'm sure that I will take a thousand little things to me with Northbridge that I've learned from you. And uh, you may not be aware of this, but we have people coming in through those doors every, every single Sunday on a weekly basis, and they marvel at this place. And they 
can't understand how it is that people of all ages gather in their hundreds joyfully, wholeheartedly in the name of God. And friends, we all play our part in that and God is doing his thing. But somewhere in the mix, uh, Bruce is responsible, has a special responsibility for this lovely and holy thing in the very middle of Manly. So please thank this man for his leadership right now. It'd be great. Thank you. I've, I've, le I've learned so much from you. Uh, seeing as we're getting autobiographical, and if it's your first week here, <laughs> sucks to be you, doesn't it? Um, but I want to I thank the whole church for giving me the opportunity to serve here with the gifts that God has given me. Um, Bruce did offer me the chance to preach on whatever I, I wanted to preach on this one final time, and that is just typical of his generosity. But I, I hate breaking up series. And um, this is what I wanted to talk on anyway, because I really am passionate about serving Jesus. But I want to thank you for your generosity in letting me do this here. You have given my family a very good life uh, these past nine years. It is not easy at all to leave our home in North Manly. And I want to thank you for receiving uh, my service among you so graciously. Uh, I've always felt that you've been receptive to me but also to um, my preaching, you've been willing to learn. Um, for the early group, you've been super awake and alert and caffeinated and quick on the uptake. Although I do know when you're having a nap at 8.32 in the morning. And I, I don't get it. How <laughs> can you need a nap at 8.32? I know it's because you've been up since 5.30 getting ready. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> I want to thank you also for being up for a laugh and, um, and uh, okay with tears as well. It's all important, isn't it? I want to thank this church for how they received me and my family as people. The very first week we came, uh, some ladies of the church gave Carolyn a big hug and it never happened where we came from. People don't do that. They do these odd sort of A-frame hugs where everybody leaves feeling um, kind of awkward and cheap. I just think you've got to bring it in tight so that we're comforted by one another's chub, don't you? But uh, this church has been... You've just been generous with yourselves and with your time and you've been interested in us and some of you have just imposed friendship upon us like we didn't even get a choice. We were just going to be your friends. It's been so lovely. So don't think that leaving you, our spiritual family, will be easy either. It is a wrench that is splitting our hearts in two. Um, what, while Carolyn is here, I, I know many of you haven't had a chance to get to meet her, but she is really kind and... Um, uh, super pretty, so I really like her, and she's been um, really gracious and supportive of me during my time here, for which I'm very thankful. But um, she's also been uh, really interested and involved herself in a whole range of ministries that have floated her boat and really kindled her um, gospel and ministry heart, which has been lovely to see. So again, thank you. We we have loved being here. Uh, I have loved being here. Can I be honest, I haven't loved it every day. I do generally enjoy work and, uh, and I enjoy my work here. But um, like Nathan described a couple of weeks ago, a little bit different, but um, I've had dark moments. In fact, I've had stretches of dark moments here. Uh, I remember sitting at the back, just up there, one Sunday looking at the worship leader who was um, doing their thing, uh, you know, eyes closed and hands up and just thinking... Faker, what a fake! 
And uh, I don't even remember who it was. And I, I really hope they weren't faking it. I was just superimposing the dark clouds that were over my spirit upon them. And uh, there have been times where I have really fantasized about just getting out of the whole business altogether and, and running a lawn mowing business or something like that and checking job boards, sometimes multiple times a day, just feeling so kind of tired <laughs> in my bones that even the marrow inside felt dried and cracked. Speaking of dried and cracked, this is my old um, cricket bat, uh, Grey Nichols GN 100 scoop. And uh, I got it given it when I was about 10 or 11. And I, um, I haven't played for about 35 years, but I can't bring myself to throw it out, partly because I still back my cover drive and I really do want to be ready for my call-up to the Australian cricket team, which could happen at any moment. So it's my bat. This is Marnus Labashain. Uh, he's a fan favourite in our household. And you just look at this man and he makes you laugh, doesn't he? He's, <laughs> he's, he's just cheeky and irrepressible and he's uh, obsessive and an infectious enthusiast of cricket. What a gift to the game. He's not only one of the, um, the best batsmen in the world, he's also a keen Christian. And if you watch closely, you will see that um, every time he goes out to bat, he will pause at the boundary rope and he'll kind of get on his haunches like this and he just prays. That's Manus. Now, um, if you look closely at his bat, you have to look closely there, um, you can see a black eagle right at the bottom about there. And he puts it there to remind himself of Isaiah 40, verses 30 to 31, which says this. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. See, his teammates think that Black Eagle is a lucky charm. And statistically, he's the luckiest cricketer in the world. He gets more lives than any other cricketer in the world. But, he, of course, he knows that it's more than luck, doesn't he? And really what Isaiah 40 is saying so poetically, Peter says to us much more prosaically in verse 11, if anyone serves, they should do it with the strength that God provides. When I'm sitting at the back of church and I'm subconsciously accusing the song leaders of being fakers, what's happened is that I've come to the end of my natural resources. I've served God with the gifts that he's given me, but not with the strength that he provides. I've just relied on my natural capacities and they might be considerable, but I am a human and my body has limits. And when you're so tired that the marrow in your bones feels dried and cracked, that, that's a sign you've reached your limits. It's a sign that you've not relied on him. It's a sign that I hadn't relied on him. There's a lady called Stephanie Kate Judd, and she's uh, an Australian author and lawyer, and she struggled with a disability since she was a teenager, and she made this very perceptive insight. She said, to be human is to be limited, and that has a great deal to do with the fact that we don't just have a body, we are a body. It's as bodies we make our way through the world. And because of this, there are certain challenges that we all face. We're finite and subject to vulnerability. Our physical bodies experience fatigue and frailty and pain. To love God is to love him with 
all our strength, which as we've majored on today, means to serve him with our bodies, embodied creatures as we are, with the gifts that we've received from him, with the strength that he provides. But even within that framework, serving God with the strength he provides, we have to acknowledge that he has imposed limitations upon us, bodily limitations, which means we can't serve him indefinitely, even with the strength that he provides, that alongside strength and service, he also wants us to rest and to worship. Or to put it another way, he has given us time to work, but he's also given us days to rest and worship, or what the Bible calls Sabbath. So in this final part of today, we turn to the the habit area of Sabbath, that one day in seven gift in which we're invited to put down our bats or our tools, and just as God down tools in his great work of creation in order to rest. Some of us need encouragement, I guess, to serve others with the gifts and strengths that God has provided. And we might be lazy or self-absorbed. More likely, we just haven't got around to working out the specific ways we ought to do that here. Well, if that's you, the pastoral staff are going to love to talk to you about that. But my suspicion is that there are many of us here that have got dried and cracked marrow. We've come to the end of our natural resources and personal capacity and we need to drink deeply from the well of rest and worship. So I would love you to read or listen to the chapter in the Godly Habits booklet on Sabbath in your growth groups or personally during this week so you can work out what it might look like for you to rest and worship accepting your bodily limitations so that you can love and serve God with all your strength. But I will just point out one thing that I think makes a difference, and that is intentionality. Intentionality, you will not stumble into Sabbath because our natural tendency is to be busy and hurried and distracted are way too strong to be overcome accidentally. You'll need intentionality to set aside the time. I mean, even in your retirement, you need to be intentional, don't you? Uh, whether that's a a whole 24-hour period or a couple of decent chunks throughout the week. You you will need to say no. Yeah, Even in retirement, you need to say no, don't you, to some things in order to make the most of the opportunity of Sabbath. I think that's a good thing to practice anyway. You've got to grow your no so you can bless your yes, don't you? And you've got to remember that a genuine Sabbath, it's not the same as a day off. I've always been good at taking my days off. Uh, The only times I've missed a day off from work is when I've had to do a wedding or spoken at a camp or a conference, and that's been pretty rare in the past nine years. I've said no to quite a bit, but time off to do things that are fun and restful, that's not enough. Spending time with other people, which should be a part of our Sabbath routines, that's not enough. I did both of those things, and I was still fantasizing about getting out, because friends, you also got to be intentional about the worship bit the God element of Sabbath, the public worship, the private devotions and the reading. And golly, it feels a bit weird to be telling you to do that when you've done it before me for so long. But otherwise, we just end up practicing what Eugene Peterson has called the bastard Sabbath, the illegitimate child of the seventh day and Western culture. It's different to just a day off. To be intentional, that will include preparing well. It takes a bit of work to rest well. Did you know that? You might need to do a little bit more of your paid work or your regular work, your vocational work earlier in the week to get a true Sabbath. 
you might need to push your household chores into a single block rather than spreading them over a whole weekend. You will want to prepare yourself with prayer and stillness and maybe even reading before you head to church. Although, Brenda, that means you're going to need to get up earlier than 5.30, which means you'll be having a nap earlier than 8.32. (laughs) Not my problem anymore. (laughs) All sorts of preparations, though, they make a difference, don't they? Um, If you're going to rest and worship well so that your body and your mind and your soul are refreshed, so you can love and serve God with all that you have for all of your life. And friends, um, read a bit more about that in the booklet if, if you'd like to. But to finish up, I want to, um, I, um, I want to finish with a bit of personal testimony with really the motivation, my motivation for loving God with all of our strength, why I continue to be motivated to serve Him with the strength that He provides, even in recognition of my limitations as an embodied human being. And it is because Jesus has so served me in his perfect, obedient life that he lived among us. He so served me in his sacrificial death that he died for us on the cross, in our place, in my place, to open up a way back into right standing with God. And he has so served us in his triumphant resurrection from the dead, which has paved the way and which guarantees my future resurrection from physical death into a glorious eternity that is spent with him where I shall see his face and where I will hug him and it won't be a frame, awkward and cheap. It'll be resurrected body to resurrected body to the point where one of the angels will tap me on the shoulder and gently say, that's enough for now. And I will say, just a little bit longer you're not the boss of me (laughs) and I so look forward to hearing him say the Lord Jesus say those words in Matthew 25 from the parable of the servants well done good and faithful servant come and enjoy your master's happiness because that will be happiness indeed Those words have motivated me to continue in the service that has shaped my Christian life through the joyous ups and considerable downs. And friends, I hope it might motivate you to continue in the service that shapes your Christian life. We have a great master in Jesus. He is worthy of our service. Let us love him with all of our strength. Let's pray together as we finish. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you for so serving us. We thank you for the invitation to love you with all of our strength, which I think means serving you with the bodies that we have, with all the limitations that involves. We further thank you for giving us the gift of Sabbath, an opportunity to rest and worship so that our minds and our souls as well as our bodies can be refreshed so that we might continue to love you with all that we have for all our days. And I pray that you would help my brothers and sisters to do that. And I thank you for the way they have encouraged me to do that these past nine years. Amen and amen. And so eight o'clock for the final time, I get to invite you to stand as we sing our closing hymn. Would you stand and sing with great joy?
be seated. I'll just say a couple of things. Um, firstly, I would really love you to come out for morning tea. Uh, I've got 10 of these cards for people to sign and you can give a little thank you note and if we need more, we'll just trundle down to Humphreys and get some more. Uh, I'm sure 10 will be fine, at least for eight o'clock. But um, anyway, I would love you to come and uh, I'll put those out. Uh, we have got special morning tea, so come across and I will have a microphone there so that people from uh, you guys can actually thank Scott yourself and Carolyn. So with that in mind, let me finish and close the service with these beautiful words from Jude. To him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God our Saviour be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen and amen. Thank you. Do come and join us for morning tea with Scott and Carolyn. Thank you.